Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another Look Again podcast. How's it going? Welcome again. What's up, everybody? It's good, everyone. Today, we are going to be speaking to you all about boundaries and how we experience them. Boundaries can usually be experienced as signs we see at the edge of a hiking trail, guidelines for a game, geographical lines, or some sort of area to stay within or out. But boundaries could also have a meaning with your physical being, emotional being, or even just privacy. As we grow up and become adults, we are confronted with many moments where what we label as a boundary comes up and gives us a chance to be exposed to where we feel comfortable with ourselves and others. So, you know, I guess to start this off, just to pose a question to you all, uh, with this idea of boundaries referring to the self, how do you find boundaries and what does it mean to you? Anyone? 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 What you got, Ali? I'm thinking about that. Um, I guess how I define boundaries are, for some reason, boundaries remind me of like protecting your space and your energy and your best interest. Um, I think it's like the, I feel like I don't want to say walls, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, to some extent, I guess walls are, are, but not like in that bad way where you're walled off from the world, but like like a protective barrier you put around yourself and your energy to keep other people from from kind of taking advantage or doing things that aren't in your best interest. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's the, the way I would have to describe it. I still don't like the word walls, but uh, something along the lines of some type of protective thing you put around yourself and like limits you put on people's access to you. Um, I think that's another part of boundaries too is like limiting what people have access to um, as far as your time, as far as your energy, as far as your thoughts and everything else. Yeah, I would say for me, boundaries are like, when it comes to myself, you know, I have said referring to the self, right? So I, kinda, I guess it would be like things that I, I would do or that I won't do, you know, like I like the word limits that Ali said, right? You know, things that I will do or that I won't do or that I will or won't allow people to do to me. You know, those are the boundaries that I set. Nice. So, yeah, when I hear that, I think of defining what feels comfortable to me and defining what doesn't feel comfortable. So creating space in which I want want or feel comfortable with certain things happening. I also think it's like you define what's what you feel comfortable with. And by doing that, you also define what you don't feel comfortable with. So there is some sort of limit or, you know, boundary that we are setting with ourselves in spaces of people or with dialogue with ourselves that feels comfortable. So I, th- I think it's like finding what feels comfortable and what doesn't. And when you find that middle point, that's where a boundary is laid down. I know when I hear the word boundary, it takes me back to uh, when uh, me, Ali, and Andy first started uh, the Holistic Life Foundation. And we had absolutely no boundaries. Uh, We were on 24-7 for the people that we were serving in our neighborhood, always talking about business. And, you know, it was kind of uh, draining us just because we were always on all the time and we had no time just for ourselves. Um, I think boundaries, you know, guess like Ali and Andy and uh, you were saying, David, it kind of um, limits the reach that people have or the... the, um, ability of people to call on you to do certain things. Um, you know, I know living in our neighborhood, we had kids, you know, at all, and it was great to be of service, but we definitely learned that, you know, uh, being on 24 seven is a little draining. You know, I think that once we figured out 
you know, like, yo, um, me, I, and Andy decided we're not going to talk to each other about business after five o'clock. You know, even though, you know, we love each other, you know, it was a boundary that we had to set because it became uh, very draining uh, in regards to, you know, having conversations with each other because it was always business that had nothing to do with, you know, our friendship, relationship, brotherhood and stuff like that. But, you know, I think that, you know, our relationships kind of blossomed when, you know, we did reach out to each other after business hours when it was just personal. And even with our um, staff who were like our little brothers and sisters, it was getting taxing for a while because it was always about business. Like, yo, what's up with my check? What's up with this? What's up with that? And, you know, once we told them like, look, y'all can ask us about this shit during business hours, but, you know, after business hours, reach out to us if you want to come hang or you want to philosophize or, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it's kind of like creating your bubble. Uh, maybe that's a better word, Aoi, instead of walls, like a bubble or a safety net to where people won't completely drain you and use you. And, you know, you do have some time that, you know, where you can kind of focus on putting a smile on your soul. And, you know, yeah. I mean, that, that to me, that's what it means. Yeah, when you were just saying it, I mean, it made me think of like sometimes there are people who they, they kind of lack self-awareness and aren't even aren't even realizing that you're they're like draining your energy and they're and they're crossing those boundaries like they're just not even aware of themselves enough to to see when that's happening so they're definitely not going to be aware of your boundaries and they just kind of impose their will and their energy over you and and expect you to do certain things for them so um has there ever been any particular situation in your life uh while you were growing up when you instantly found that, that you had a boundary around something where there was like recklessness fights being emotionally taken advantage of, being lied to, uh, drunk driving, uh, anything along those lines? Anything y'all can think of? So, okay. I had this one experience that, like, I instantly drew a boundary. Me and, like, a couple of friends jumped in, like, three different cars. There was, like, a big crew of us hanging out after high school late at night on a weekend. And we all decide we're going to go to the beach because we lived in California at the time. So we can, like, it's like a 30-minute drive through the canyon. It's super awesome to get there. And... As we were driving through the canyon, there's this one moment where it's like two tunnels, like one's coming one way and the other's the other way. And and they kind of split off the road from each other to go through this mountain. And my friend decides to go on the wrong side of the tunnel and he thinks it's going to be like so fun and like we're crazy kids. And so he's like driving down the wrong side of the tunnel. And in my mind, I'm like, fuck this guy. Fuck this I hate this moment. Like, here's a boundary. I'm never going to jump in a car with anyone who, like, puts my fucking life at danger. I don't trust people who drive recklessly. And uh, it just, like, scared the shit out of me. And it was so, it was so dangerous. And it was, like, they were just having such a good time. And in this moment, I'm like, I'm not having a good time. I'm never jumping in a car with certain people again when I was younger and I have a couple other moments like that, you know, there's been lots of moments where I've been lied to, you know, I've been lied to by like relationship moments and it really hurt. It really hurt to hear that. And I instantly drew boundaries. I was just like, you know what? Like this pain isn't worth the hurt that I'm feeling. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna like take care of me and I'm gonna make sure I'm okay. So I drew like instant boundaries in these moments that I've had these experiences. David, I'm glad you ain't never ride with me before, man, because you would definitely not be my friend. <laughs> I have ridden with you, but I think you were like just being nice. But now yeah, you know, yeah. now you know, like if, if I'm in your car, it's like 
It's like special package, dude. Mm. Take care of me. I got you. I got you. But I mean, honestly, when Ali asked that question, it, it made me kind of reflect on my friendships through the years. And, you know, like I, I really have been there for, you know, a lot of my friends throughout my entire life, even if they've screwed me over. And, you know, I would always tell myself, I was like, man, well, they didn't mean that. They they they, they probably have grown. And, you know, one quote that, my, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at all. You know what I mean? I mess up, but I try to be as loyal and genuine as a friend as possible. Back to the quote. I know my mom said uh, this quote, like a, a leopard doesn't change its spots. Like basically, you know, it's very hard for people to change their behavior. Kind of goes back to that whole idea of sanscaras, habit patterns, you know, they form them uh, over over time. And it really takes someone to be really conscious to kind of change those habit patterns. Uh, so, you know, as an adult, uh, you know, I have really created some boundaries around friendships just for the simple fact that I don't know how many times I have to learn lessons with people who, you know, I would bend over backwards for and, you know, have had their back for the rest for like forever, where, you know, now... It's just like when people cross me, you know, it's more like I'm just I'm, I love you from a distance, dude. You know, I'm not going to send no funky vibes your way. But, you know, I don't need to have you in my circle because every single time I do, you know, it nothing positive ever comes from it. And I'm always finding myself, you know, getting upset and sending funky vibes mentally their way. And then I have to catch those funky vibes because I know the law of karma, you know, whatever you put out there, uh, whether it's mental words deeds or whatever is coming back to you tenfold. So, you know, I'd rather just love these people from a distance than to kind of have them be in my space. And, you know, I guess that's something that I've learned as an adult. You know, it's taken me, you know, umpteen years to be able to figure this out. But, you know, it's something that, you know, I stick with to this day now is, you know, once I see who you really are, you know, I'll step back and just, you know, love you from a distance. What about you, Andy? So I, I, I'm with you, David. I have one with driving for sure, especially drunk driving. I don't know if this is the most appropriate thing to say, but I think most Puerto Ricans would agree with me when I say that we have a natural propensity to be able to drink a lot of alcohol and drive pretty well. Uh, <laughs> so I learned early on in life, as I see a lot of my friends get in trouble drinking and driving and so on and so forth, they're like, if I'm out with a bunch of buddies and one of us has to drive, one of my boundaries is definitely that I'm going to drive. Like I'm not letting somebody else who's intoxicated drive a car that I'm getting in to risk my life. You know what I mean? So I'm with you with that one, David. Like I don't mess with the whole reckless driving thing. I learned that earlier on because of accidents my sister got into and and stuff that I've seen with friends or just people in my school, you know, vicious accidents where like, yo, like I ain't down with that. And and I've seen so many friends get in that knucklehead state where they're like, oh, no, man, I got this, bro. I'm driving this home, man. And I'm like, man, you can barely fucking walk. Like, there's no way I'm getting in that car with you, you know? So that's one of my, you know, and sticking on that topic when it comes to drinking and stuff, stuff like, I know it took me, a, again, a while. Not as, I mean, the driving one was pretty quick, but this one took a while just because, you know, I hang out with people who we like to consume some libations sometimes, right? And stuff happens and people start partying and, and I'm sure y'all have had the situation at least once in your life, whether it's, you know, three of y'all that I'm talking with or all our listeners where as you get older, there starts being certain people in your crew who, 
they get a little too intoxicated. They tie it on a little too heavy. And then by the end of the night, you're not having fun. You're babysitting, right? Because you got, you know, you he, he came with us. We can't just leave him here. You know what I mean? Right. And he's just obliterated and starting fights with people or just peeing himself or vomiting or just doing crazy shit. You know what I mean? It took me a while to set the boundary with certain people where it's like, you know, I love you. Like kind of like I said, I love you. And we can, I can say love from a distance, but I ain't got to hang out with you at a bar because you can't control yourself. You know what I mean? So like friendships or even just other people I know, but when they come into a bar, you know, I live in Fells Point. So I see people in the bars all the time where certain people just walk into the bar. I'm like, I need to get up out of this bar because this person's out of control, you know? So those boundaries that I've set knowing that it's almost like I'm now aware that I don't want to put myself in this situation. So I have limitations of what I'm going to put up with nowadays. I think when you're younger, I think it's weird because you would think when you're older that you would learn to deal with shit easier. But it's like when I was younger, I was more willing to put up with shit where now I've almost, it's almost as if my boundaries are, are more like, they're stronger. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I know what makes Andy happy. I know it doesn't make Andy happy. And so I have this range or, or limitations or these boundaries that I put up where I'm like, I'll go to here, but that's about as far as I'm going. I'm not going for past this point here to where I'm hurting myself just to make you happy type things, you know? So those are two that I can think of right off the gate. I wish they didn't all have to be alcohol related, but, <laughs> but, um, I'm just thinking of those type of things where it's like, I can, I can vividly remember those situations being in them and looking and be like, I, like I'm at my breaking point right here. Like I can't keep doing this. You know, I'm done with putting up with this type of stuff. So those are two that pop up right away. I'm sure I can think of some other things as we keep talking. When you were talking about um, situations while growing up, the two, <laughs> the two things that popped in my head, both had to deal with my parents one was, so our dad's like one of the best, me and Amon's dad is one of the best high school basketball coaches like ever. Um, and he can make people into really good basketball players. At that point, he was a lot more of a hard ass than he was. I mean, than he is now. Uh, he's definitely settled down. He wasn't into his practice at that point. And like the workouts would be like hours and hours and hours long. And, um, you know, he would be out there and he would just make up a random drill and you think you're finished and it just keep going on. And I remember... Um, one day we were actually friends. I'll never forget it to this day. Um, I remember we were at friends. We were working out uh, in the new gym. And we were doing all these drills. And I remember I just got frustrated. I was like, I was like, when is this going to end? Like, this is never ending. He's like, what? You don't want to be great at basketball? I was like, no. And just walked out the gym. <laughs> and I remember, I, I remember Hopman was like, what the fuck are you doing? Broke his heart. <laughs> no, I don't think it broke his heart. I think he was just, he was just pissed. You know what I mean? Like at that point, he was like, he was, yeah, he was, he didn't give a fuck. He was just, he was, he was really pissed. But um, I feel like that was one that I distinctly remember growing up. And the other one was um, about our mom forcing us to go to church. I mean, and, and that's kind of her fault. That's kind of their fault because they, we grew up in a church that had God inside of you. You meditated when you went in there. There wasn't all like the, the pomp and circumstance. It was more about showing that uh, all religions uh, had the same underlying truths. And uh, it's finding a commonality and all those things. And she would make us go to like really Christian churches. And, 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 and again, that's for some people, that's for some people, but um, that wasn't the way that we were raised. So it was weird, like being forced to go somewhere. And in our church, we didn't have to get dressed up. You can wear whatever you want to church. So it was weird having to wake up on Sunday morning, having to get dressed up, having someone talk about God being outside of me 
um, having someone talk about the devil so much um, and all these things that just, there was no meditation. Um, church was long. And I remember just being like, finally just being like, no, I'm not going anymore. Like I'm, I'm done. Like I just had, because it just didn't suit my relationship with God or, or my relationship with spirituality or religion or anything. So those are the two that, that just instantly popped up as we were talking about um, things that, that happened while we were growing up. Nice. Yeah. And there's this quality of like, all of a sudden someone crosses something that you didn't know existed in the moment until they cross it. And you're like, Oh no, fuck that. I'm out. I'm done. Or you're just like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to act like that anymore or whatever. So once you were able to experience a boundary, cause we just talked about like some boundaries that we've had crossed or we've experienced. So once you've experienced a boundary that was either stretched or crossed, how did you prepare your life in such a way to buffer from any other experiences that could occur that could potentially put you in the same situation? So like moving forward, what did you do to protect these boundaries that you've instilled in yourself? I think one of the one of the first things you got to do is realize that those whole all those boundaries are about self-love and self-care. You know what I mean? Like you're not putting up these boundaries to be an asshole because that's not a boundary. That's walling yourself off. Um, but if setting up those boundaries, it's about taking care of yourself and loving yourself enough to say no to others. And I think a big part of that is being able to understand that if you have to say yes to someone all the time for them to be your friend or your partner or whatever type of relationship you have, then they're not, they don't really love you. You know what I mean? So you got to really understand that those no's are powerful. Those no's protect you. And you have to be okay with it. I think that's the biggest thing is people being okay with setting those brown, those boundaries. And once they are, then they become a lot more comfortable doing it. And then they start to look for them in other places. Like, well, this isn't serving me either. I can probably put a boundary here. This isn't serving me. I can probably put a boundary here. And you might also notice those places where you're just walling yourself off unnecessarily. Like maybe I should open myself up a little bit more in this situation. So I think just being okay with it, you start to become aware of where they need to be and where they don't need to be in your life. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I think it's, there's multiple ways of doing this. You know, I think that when you feel a boundary being stretched or crossed, right? I know initially when I, as I'm reflecting, I'm thinking of times that happened. Usually I would eat shit a few more times. You know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah, I don't really like the way this feels. You know, like I say, it's a self-love thing. Like, I don't really, I don't really like the way this feels, but you know, I, I love this person, whether it's a friend, a family, it could be a fucking stranger. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Ah, I'm a, I can deal with this a little more, right? But then I think after a while and it gets too much, you know what I mean? That's when you either got to change what you're doing, right? To either maybe not put yourself in that situation again, you know, not be around people who act this way or that way that are, that where you feel like they are overstepping boundaries or you can confront them in a peaceful manner and just let them know. Like, you know, it, it's funny because when I'm thinking of boundaries, I, when Ali was saying the thing about church, I remember doing that same thing. Like let me and my brother, let my mom know eventually like, and yeah, we don't want to go to church no more. We just kind of think it's lame. You know what I mean? Our church wasn't as cool as Ali and Atma's, you know what I mean? So it was just like, and we know it hurt her feelings, but Hey, that was our boundary. But I'm thinking of stuff that's like even s- simpler. Like when I was a little kid, I remember at one point telling my mom, like, stop doing my laundry. Like I didn't like that she did it so much and I was, I'm a really OCD person. So I didn't want to be the kid that wore the same t-shirt like twice in a row and the kids at school make fun of me, even though it was clean because she washed it for me. I just didn't want to rock the the blue Coca-Cola t-shirt two days in a row because kids were like, yeah, look at little Andy dirty and stuff like that. So I remember setting that boundary and just, t- just telling my mom, hey, stop doing my laundry. Like it doesn't make me feel comfortable because I don't know if 
I'm going to wear the same clothes. I mean, it should seem so like meaningless and pointless, but it was still a small boundary that I faced. You know what I mean? So I think he either got to change the situation, tell the person that's making it happen, or, you know, a lot of times the boundaries are just things that you got to set for yourself beyond like where other people aren't involved. Right. I got to, I mean, a boundary I know I set with is eating. You know what I mean? I could be a extremely overweight motherfucker. I love to eat, man. I would eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I'd have some beers after dinner and would make sure I'd have pizza and fries before I went to sleep. I could get up to 250, no problem. I'm sure of it, especially now I'm older, right? But I got to set boundaries. I got to tell myself, Andy, you just you don't got to eat. You really ain't hungry, you know what I mean? So that's another thing where sometimes you just got to, Put your foot down, you know, whether it's with other people or yourself and just stop, stop what's going on. So either change the situation, I would say, or say something, whether it's to that person or to yourself. That all sounds yummy too. I want like, I want like pizza and beer now. I could be so overweight. I, and I would eat, I would make the biggest damn breakfast every morning. I don't even eat breakfast now because I know how I would crush breakfast early in the morning. I just can't do it no more. It's crazy. Having a contemplative practice kind of helps me when these habitual line crosses come across uh, me. You know what I mean? Um, Cause you know, before, you know, I may have reacted to these people when the line was crossed. And then, you know, I think that would, and I would react out of anger or hurt, you know, and out of hurt, anger would come up and then I would feel bad. And then I would, you know, I'll have to apologize for something that somebody did to me. I think uh, one of the beauties of, you know, having contemplative practice is, you know, being able to like respond to people. And, you know, when the incident happens, don't say nothing. You know, like Andy was saying, sometimes you, you know, you eat shit and, you know, not to a, cer- a certain degree, but, you know, you may not have to respond right then and there. And then, you know, reflect on the situation. And then, you know, we're each the masters of our own universe. So if we allow those people back into our universe, then that's on us. And, you know, I know that, you know, with, these habitual line crosses, I really try to not let them realize that they get under my skin. I just will disappear. You know, I think guess that's the cancer in me, you know, like we're very loving, very caring, very giving. But, you know, if you back us into a corner, we put our pinchers out and instead of pinching people, I'll just, you know, go my own route and, you know, live my life uh, without having them in it. But once again, still loving them from a distance, but not being around at all. How about you, David or Avid, uh, part of the A team? <laughs> part of the A team. So, I mean, I guess I can put it in context of a situation. So, like, I noticed when I was younger, like starting to date, I realized when when like a girl would break my heart, you know, and I'd feel jealous or I'd feel these like icky feelings that I don't like. Jealousy was a big one. So when I felt jealous, I noticed like something was off, but then sometimes it was, and I'd be really in tuned with that. And by, by feeling jealous, I, I didn't have the words to to like talk to my partner at the time about like some feelings I would have. So there was no conversation that came up. And then after my heart was broken, I'd kind of like realize like, fuck, fuck this feeling jealous. Like I want people to want to be with me. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to fuck with people who don't try or don't try to be with me or impress me because I'm I'm super loyal. I'm super on it. And I want to like focus on the thing that I'm working on and not worry about other situations and stimulations. So that was one thing that I, I sort of worked on was 
you know, once I've experienced or was crossed because someone lied or somebody was like acting a fool, I don't play with that anymore. If I feel jealous, I say something. I'm like, hey, there's some feelings coming up and I don't know why, you know, like, what's up? And I've almost learned how to like use language in a way to help the situation I'm in when I get into a situation I don't want to be in. Another thing I can think of is, you know, we're dudes, we're kind of privileged gender, you could say. And a lot of things don't happen to us that happen to women. And I've witnessed a lot of some of my friends, like sometimes harmful, sometimes not get hit on or fucked with by like people at bars, people at parties, people just around at events or whatever. And I would just, you know, be witnessing, be like, oh man, that sucks. But now I'm just like, fuck that. And I go talk to these guys and I'm like, yo, that wasn't cool. Why'd you do that? Like, that's a friend of mine. That's like my homegirl. She's a person. She has feelings. She gives a fuck. You know, like you, you can't like be walking around and think everyone's an option. That's not how this works. You got to be like generally interested in people. And so I started like saying things to dudes and it's just, it's like what they say is so funny. They're like messed up in the head. And that's like a boundary that I'm learning how to like hold for other people too, you know, just to let dudes know, like not confront them to fight them because I'd probably get my ass kicked, but I want to like let them know like they're representing the brotherhood. And they got to do it Man, you a right. ninja, man. You a ninja. Stop playing. You get your ass kicked. Whatever. That's what I was about to say. He, does you, do you confront them before or after you whip out your nunchucks? <laughs> yeah, nin, uh, Ninja Dave would uh, nunchuck the shit out of them people. Dude, you can kill someone with nunchucks with the way I can know how to swing them. Like, smack. But, like, I don't I don't want to get a fight. I don't want to fight. I don't want to do that. I want, I want men to know how to, like, treat people well. Like, that's what I want. I mean, that was something that came up, you know. So, or, or like when people always want to borrow something from you, like, yo, yo, let me borrow that. Like, yo, can I get some of that? Like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> I have boundaries now. <laughs> go, or like if you have an away. SUV or something and they always expect you to help them move. Like, it's like, if you have a big car, if you have space, they, they automatically expect you to help them move and like, and don't have a pickup truck or you're fucked. Like everybody's going to call you. I mean, I may be a jerk, but I've kind of permanently banned everyone from being picked up at the airport i will like unless you're unless it's like super special occasion i like take the bus i'm not driving to the airport yeah <laughs> man you better if we come visit you better pick us up dave man i said special occasion you guys are special uh, <laughs> you don't pick me up you, you give me an uber <laughs> it's class baby like, it's class. ollie's just like it's coming it's on its way bro <laughs> It's cool. You can get us an Uber if you don't want to pick us up. We'll take that. No, I'll come. I'll go get you. And you know, fly at like one in the one or two in the morning, Dave. When you come see us, also, so you don't get here till like six. <laughs> it's true. So you know, it's funny because you know, hearing all this stuff, I feel like most of the time, I feel like when when, when boundaries are crossed, there's usually like an, I feel like the ones where it's like an injustice was done. That's the boundaries that really set me off. You know what I mean? I can think of a time being in a place where I remember saying something along the lines of me and my buddy Ali and I were there and something like, we can either leave or we can fuck this place up and leave, right? And that was a situation where an injustice was done, right? And I felt like my boundaries were crossed. And I went to a place that usually I don't go. I'm not an angry person. I don't get upset at people, you know what I mean? But that was a scenario where... A boundary was crossed because it was an injustice and I didn't have my shit together, right? So has there ever been 
a time or a place or a situation that you all were in where someone crossed a boundary and you weren't really able to keep it together? First off, Andy, like you said, we were there and it was definitely an injustice done that the person that told, gave us their word is going to rot in hell. Oh my gosh. We'll remember forever. <laughs> Just kidding. There's always retribution. You can always do a deathbed confession. So guy that gave us his word, if you do a deathbed confession, you will not rot in hell. And we already forgave you, but still, you know what you did. I didn't forgive him. We know who you are. Well, that sounds like a collective story of you three. So situation where wasn't able to forgive somebody for, um, huh, for crossing the boundary. I'm trying to think. I feel like most of that stuff is usually around, um, like Andy was saying, injustice, probably around some racist bullshit or like um, somebody taking advantage of someone that I love that wasn't really in a position to defend themselves. I'm trying to think. I can't. I, I don't have anything off the top of my head, though. Let me yes. jump in there. I know one thing that pops into my head when you just said that, Ali, was, you know, me, you and Andy, you know, have spent a lot of time uh, giving ourselves as far as our nonprofit. And, you know, we've come up with like an innovative program to help kids in crisis. You know, our Mindful Moment program where, you know, we've had a viral article talking about changing detention to meditation. And, you know, it's brought down detention numbers and referral numbers in schools all across the nation. And I remember when I was sitting in a, uh, like a, it was like a Baltimore climate collaborative meeting where it's like politicians, funders, facilitators of programs. And, you know, I'm sitting in there, I'm hearing a presentation about an innovative program. And this person that heard us speak when we were in Harvard, uh, was presenting on her innovative program and all she did and a guy that sat in and, you know, helped give us some verbiage towards our program. All they did was steal our program and say the exact verbiage that we have in our program, talk about how, what the program is going to do. And all they did was describe our program and look like they were doing something innovative. And, you know, I was sitting next to one of our mentors at the time, and I'm talking to him. I'm like, yo, like they, they're just talking about our program. I, I'm about to stay, stand up and say something like that. This is a travesty. People clapping, but they clapping because all they're doing is saying that they're going to do something next year that we've already done and already proven. And, you know, my uh, our mentor told me like, nah, you know, just fall back and, you know, figure out a way that you all can partner with them. And, you know, I took his word for it and because he doesn't really steer us in the wrong direction. It probably would have been wrong to get up and, you know, uh, tell him how I really felt, tell him how I really feel, son. But, you know, I, di I didn't do that. And then, of course, you know, uh, honestly, because uh, me and Ali and Andy, are, you know, two black people and a brown person, like we, they really didn't want to make it look like we were the ones responsible for such success in the Baltimore city public school systems. So they stole our program and then they created policy to make it lock us out of being able to facilitate our own program. I don't understand how we didn't qualify to facilitate our own program that has been working in the school system. You know, I haven't to this day been able to forgive that person. You know, every time I see them, you know, I really have to tell them like, you know, like I'm trying to be as mindful as possible, but it's really hard to do that in your presence. And I guess that comes from hurt. And 
you know, not really understanding that, you know, even though we're in the business of helping people, it's still a business. And, you know, I guess that's one thing that I've learned. But, you know, I forgive, but I I don't think I forgot about the situation because, you know, every time I see them, it still burns me up, you know, how somebody could really do that in, in, in the business of helping people. But like I said, I guess it's just a lesson learned that, you know, it's a business and we live in a capitalist society and people are just, you know, worried about themselves instead of worrying about programs that are actually helping people. That's fucked up. He like almost infiltrated your crew to get the verbiage and it's like intellectual property, you know, but, but stuff you were, you've been working on for a while and, and it was already in practice. I, I mean, I think that's a lesson that was learned is we didn't know about intellectual property before then, but you know, since then, you know, we've, protected our stuff a lot more, um, you know, learned about trademarks and, you know, IP and, you know, all that type of stuff. But you set boundaries. The bat we had to set the, the legal boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fairly general neutral person. You know, I'm like either excited or I'm just kind of chilling, you know, I can handle things pretty well. Um, but there's been a there's been a couple of times in my life where I've like flowed off the handle, you know, and just like I don't know. Definitely had some like really close calls, but there was this one time where I was in like a pretty bad accident while driving in LA on the freeway and my car was totaled. So I had to like leave it on the side of the road. And then I ended up getting home that night. The next day I rented a, a trailer so I can tow it myself. Cause it was so expensive and I was young. I just didn't know how to do it. So I borrowed like a car from my dad or something. And I got, I rented this trailer and as I was driving the freeway, the trailer was like shaking and it was just really scary. And then when I finally got to my car, I was like very like nervous, like, fuck, that was a wild ride. I was putting the the trailer on the car and the, the trailer like threw up as in like, like where it was supposed to be hitched on the back of the car, it just came off and it was never hitched is what I realized. That's why it was like banging around and cause it was never hitched securely on the car. And I, and I got so pissed. I got so pissed cause it felt like my life was in jeopardy. And when I got to the U-Haul place, I just like, I just let them have it. I went so hard and they're like, sir, I'm sorry, but you still got to pay. I'm like, I ain't fucking paid shit. You put my life in danger. I just remember like walking out of there and like taking a couple breaths and being like, I was a jerk. But like, I don't know. I've had a couple moments like that, but nothing too crazy. It, It almost definitely makes you feel out of place you know you, you kind of like get out of the situation and you're like how could I've, I handled that better and I think as we get older we kind of have moments where we act a fool and then we reflect if we're capable enough to do that and realize maybe some of the decisions we made weren't the best and then we kind of move from there so one thing that I was having pondering uh, as far as boundaries is like uh, what are some of the boundaries that you hold in your life and with others either with a practice with people or in thoughts. I know one boundary I have is don't fuck with me while I'm meditating. You know what I mean? Like I ask for, like, you know what I mean? I'll give my time willingly and freely, but I'll just like, just let me, let just at least give me that. You know what I mean? Like being a dad, um, doing the work of HLF, doing the work of evolution, like all these other things, like I'm down to get my time to do, but I need, I need my meditation time just to be normal and to be able to do it. And I know I get pissed when people disrupt it and it doesn't matter who it is or why they're doing it. Like, unless like, I don't know, the zombie apocalypse is starting or like, you know what I mean? Something crazy, unless there's some crazy reason, like just give me that time. And I, I think, 
yeah, I, I think that's that's my biggest one, really, is, is that right there. Oh, and don't disrupt my time with my kids either. Like, people get a little overbearing um, when it comes to time that you want to stop. Like, they feel like what they have to say is that much more important than whatever you're doing. And uh, I, know, I know that's something that, that I really just have to keep my boundaries with, too, is like, no, I'm sorry. Doing something with my kids right now. Leave me alone. I'll get back to you when I can get back to you. I got two that pop up in my head right now. They just came a quick one's more realistic or more serious than the other, I guess. Not realistic, more serious than the other. One, I guess, boundary that I hold in my life is, um, it's David, you mentioned something about it earlier in relationships. Uh, I'm assuming it's, you know, usually with your significant other, but it's just in general, like when people are dishonest and whether it's uh, like a little white lie or a big ass lie, or like they're just being unauthentic like that to me, it's like, I, when I see people like that nowadays, it's to the point where like, where before I would kind of deal with and put up with it. Now I'm just like, like, I don't want to have you in my life. You know what I mean? So like, I kind of do what I have to with that person. But once I see that dishonesty or that fakeness or that it's not being real, like they're trying to on a show or a front, like it gets to a point where I'm just like, yeah, I just don't want to hang out with you anymore. So that's one of my boundaries I think of is, and I think that kind of, goes in line with my whole injustice thing because if you're not being honest to me then you're this is an injustice you're doing not only to yourself but to me in our relationship and our friendship or whether it's family or what anything you know what i mean um in particular with a significant other like david so one one thing that comes up for me is it's kind of general i'll make it more general but i feel like it happens a lot where people you know i'm a very helpful guy i'm like down to do things for free i'm down to like share my time and you know, those like people that never text you, but when they do, you know, it's for something. It's not for the interests of you or the interests of hanging out with you. It's more of less like, can I borrow that? I feel like that happens every now and again. And I've just gotten so over knowing that when I'm contacted from people needing stuff sometimes, you know, and I don't know, like, I guess, I have a lot of friends that like trust me and that know I can like get stuff done. And so they contact me to help them with projects, to help them with like events or stuff like that. And that stuff's cool. Like I'm always down to, to get dirty and like make some music event happen and like throw some bass. But you know, like I think we've all had these moments where you get contacted from certain people in your life and you just know they want something. You just know something's going through their mind where they're like, can I borrow this? Can you give me a ride? Like, can I get some money? Can I, can you DJ for free? Can you bring a sound system? Well, we need a subwoofer too. It's like, damn dude, like I charge $500 for that, you know? And like, I can't, I can't just like come and do things for free all the time or, or just like, I can't, I can't always be available for you, you know? And one thing I've also realized is, you know, you get a text from someone, they're like, what are you doing? You want to hang out? And you almost feel obligated to say, yeah, because you got to hang out with them. But I'm learning that you can just say you're busy. You're busy doing you. You don't got to tell them what you're doing. You're busy being f- free by yourself. You know, so I've I've actually learned to say I'm busy at the moment because I'm spending time with my fucking self. <laughs> I'm doing my thing. I don't need, I don't want to like hang out right now, you know? So I've 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 like made my... Uh, free time very important to me because I don't have a lot of it sometimes but when when I want it I can I know how to like say that now 
Like I'm busy with me doing my thing. Good for you, man. That's not easy to do. I think, I think a lot of people have that same issue, especially when it comes to friends and family where, you know, someone asks, Hey, you want to hang out? And then you feel like you're being a douchebag or an asshole. Cause you're like, it's not that I don't want to hang out. I'd like to hang out with you, but just not right now. Like I'm just doing me. And then it makes it feel like, I feel like it's hard to say that sometimes. Cause it, I know with me, I feel like they think that I don't want to hang out with them. It's not, not that I don't want to hang out with you. I just kind of just want to be and just be alone. And I think when you're younger, that's not as common as when you start getting older and people start understanding more that, Hey, being alone is kind of cool. They can understand why you might just want to be chilling, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of my friends make fun of me for this, but walking my pups, you know what I mean? Like people invite me out and they always say, well, they always laugh and like, well, he ain't going to come out till like six, seven thirty morning. Cause he got, I mean, at night, cause he got to walk his pups. God damn right. You know, my pups, have been supportive for me for the, I've had pups in my life for the past, I guess, 19 years, uh, ever since I graduated from college. And they have held me down through some ups and downs, whether it's, you know, breakups or whether it's people trying to break into my crib or, you know, like, and everybody else disappear. And my, the only people holding me down are my dogs. So I really try to be as present with my dogs as possible because they always hold me down. They epitomize selfless love, love in general, uh, just because they're always happy to see you, uh, no matter, you know, what's going on, they make you feel like the most important person in the world. And, and, you know, so I try to do, I know how much my dogs really appreciate going on walks and yeah, like there's nothing that is going to get done in the morning or in the evening before my dogs go out for a walk. And then I also use that as time uh, to get grounded because, you know, when I do walk my dogs, I say, you know, certain mantras, uh, you know, do certain tantric practices, whether I envision deities or uh, stuff like that to where, um, you know, not only is it, you know, grounding and for me and, you know, very spiritual experience for me, you know, giving back some of that love that my dogs give me. So no matter what's going on in my world, no matter how fun of a time we're going to have, I ain't going to get there till I finish, uh, you know, serving my pups, you know? So my friends burn me up to this day about like, Oh, he ain't going to walk though. He finished walking his pups, but you got damn right. God damn right. God damn right. That's awesome. You love your dogs. All right. Do you think there's a moment when you're old enough to create boundaries, like your own boundaries, or do you think it's something that has to happen in your life, um, which makes you decide that you want to start creating boundaries? I think the boundary thing goes both ways. Like you can instantly create them and or you can create them over time and just develop them. So I think we've discussed both situations. I was going to say I agree with David. I, I think that as you get older, you may create more boundaries. You know what I mean? Just because you're aging, things you like change, things you want change, what makes you feel good changes, what makes you feel bad changes, all that type of stuff. But I also think at the same time that situations occur and when those situations do occur, a boundary may be created based on that situation. Yeah, and I think the depth of your boundaries um, increases as you get older. Like, as you're a kid, it might be a boundary around not letting someone borrow your Nintendo games or something like that. I definitely dated myself with that one. But but as you get older, it becomes, uh, there becomes a lot more levity because, I mean, your life's a lot deeper. There's more things going on. There's more people involved. So I think, yeah, just as you get older like the depth of your boundaries and the the severity of your boundaries gets a lot, gets a lot deeper. 
Yeah, I mean, I really don't have too much to add to that. You know, I I, I agree with David also that, you know, it's a combination of both. And, you know, as we do get older, I think it's just that the fact that through experience, we know what peace feels like. We know what chaos feels like. As you get older, you try to maintain as much peace of mind and spirit and emotions as you can. And, you know, that's why I think more boundaries get created in your you're not willing to put up with that, that much shit anymore. You know, I think that's one of the things about, that's why people love having their own space. Their home is their castle, you know, because when you're in your castle, you know, can't, it, you really have boundaries where people can't get in unless you invite them in, unless you lower the drawbridge and, you know, let them walk over the moats. <laughs> nice. So, I mean, with all that said, was there was there any time with others that you may have noticed you've crossed their boundaries and felt the wrath of like knowing that was there any moment where you kind of fucked up and you're just like oh that person's like they didn't like that i know i have even you know to this day uh a lot uh more aggressively you know as i was younger but you know it's not that people may have responded or reacted out of anger it's more reflecting on the situation and understanding like, damn, I fucked up, you know, like you, you, you take life as, you know, the ups and downs as lessons and, you know, you can learn from something you can, and you, then you'll, you know, pass that test. And when it comes up again and you re- respond in a different way, or you can keep, you know, knocking your head on the wall and, you know, keep messing up. But, you know, I think it's more reflecting on those situations and, you know, the guilt eating you up to where, you know, you have to kind of person up all the way up. But um, just really, you know, people don't have to forgive you. But, you know, you can if you are mature, you would really talk to people about, you know, how you did fuck up and how you are sorry for it. You can accept it. You don't have to accept it. But every time I mess up, I try to let people know that I know I messed up and you know, hopefully they forgive me. If not, you know, it's understandable. But, you know, I just wanted to let them know that, you know, I know I did cross a certain boundary with that I shouldn't have had. And hopefully they can forgive me. You know, if not, love is love. I love you from a distance. You love me from a distance. I feel like most of my boundary situations are like, so like my really close friends and like the people I grew up with, off-color humor is something that just happens. You know what I mean? It's all out of fun. It's all out of love. But I feel like most of the times I've crossed someone's boundaries or across the line have been um, just feeling a little more comfortable around someone than I should and making a joke and then being like, oh, like the record kind of skips and it's like everybody's like looking at you and you're like, oh, fuck, I probably shouldn't have said that. So, you know, just be a little more aware and turn up the filter when I'm not around some people and just like, I think they can tell when I do it because somebody will say something, I'll just like start laughing to myself and they'll be like, what, would you, what were you going to say? I was like, I can't share it now, but it was pretty damn funny. Yeah, I certainly have. The one that I think of that stuck out right away, right when you said it was, God, I had to be sixth or seventh grade. It was my birthday. I wanted to go to ice rink. And my mom wasn't going to let me go. And I remember walking down the steps and mumbling under my breath, stupid. And I don't know how the hell she heard me. I don't know. There's no way she could have had this hearing, but she heard me. And she said, what'd you say? And I said, what you mean? And she told me to come upstairs and we're getting to the hallway. She looked at me, she said, what'd you say? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she smacked the shit out of me <laughs> to where my glasses flew off my face and told me to never, ever, 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 ever call her stupid again. 
And I learned that day not to ever, ever call my mother a name ever in my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, were you calling the situation stupid or your mom stupid? I was kind of con. It was a situation, but at the same time, I was like, like you know, you're stupid. Like, you're stupid that you wouldn't let me go. You know what I mean? And I never, ever in my life ever called my mom anything. So I felt the wrath that day for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily have like a specific moment, but there there have been times where I've said, you know, maybe something like Ollie said off color or what I thought was funny in the moment and maybe wasn't or, you know, I have like very high energy and sometimes it's like a bit too much for calm friends. So I've definitely had moments where people like had to, you know, shake me up a little bit and... And, and it's never fun because I'm I'm a very cheerful. I feel like I'm like I like I, I want to like feel good all the time, and so if if I like interrupt a friend and they're feeling, you know, some emotions they don't want to feel because it's my causing, I feel really bad about it. So normally what I do is I'm I'm able to talk about it afterwards and just be like, yo, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I apologize. You know, I now know, you know, this is a thing, so I won't do that again. You know. I love you. Sorry. So I think that's one thing is, is like when you do cross, like to be willing and able to reflect and like kind of show up in the moment, I guess. All right. So I got one last one, one last question for you here. Um, so I'm thinking about another time when I was a young kid and it's like eighth grade or something like that. It's the first time I got high. Right. And the first, the first time I got high was with somebody. And I remember promising that person that I would never, ever do any other drugs except for marijuana, right? So I said it, and I was serious about that. I mean, there's stuff on TV, like, you know, your brain on drugs, and and even the idea of smoking weed at that time, I felt like a drug addict, like I was going to be a druggie, right? So I had set the boundary, clear, stated I'm never, ever, ever going to do anything except for maybe drinking and smoking some marijuana. And I changed that boundary as I got older, right? To experience some new and fresh experiences, especially with psychedelics. Um, so... My question to you all would be, was there ever a moment in your life where you changed a boundary that you've had to experience something new and or fresh? I, I can go. So one thing that I do is I keep to myself a lot and I either don't know how to or I'm not good at it or I don't care about like meeting women or hitting on them or pursuing. I don't I don't really do that. I don't know. It's not something I, I do very often. And, but there are these special occasions where a woman walks into a room and you're just like, oh my God, who's that? What? Like, she has like an aura around her. You know what I mean? Like, like you can tell there's, there's this, they have the look that you tend to be into the way they're like walking. They like know all your friends and they just like, they're beautiful. And you're just like, oh my God. I might have to go actually do something I never do and maybe go talk to this person, give them my number or like express interest. I never show interest in anybody. That's something that I'm usually willing to like flex my boundaries on. And it's, it's so rare. It's so rare that it happens and I don't even know how to like do it sometimes, but I feel like that's one thing. I, I guess similar with the psychedelics. I remember like growing up and smoking weed my first time when, when I was younger and it was like the, the only thing I did for a long time. And then I discovered the world of like psychedelics. And now, now I'm, I think, I think it's very important for mental health to have like a responsible 
outlook on life. And I think psychedelics helps you do that. So I feel like um, it's a little taboo, but I think it's important to be able to, to like stretch your mind a bit and to see situations differently and be able to express that. So, yeah. So besides psychedelics, uh, when you see a unicorn, you shoot your shot. I like that, David. I like that. Yeah. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Unicorns don't come very often. They don't. They're magical, mystical, um, beautiful creatures. It's it's like an alicorn. It's a unicorn and a pegasus together. So it has a corn and it has wings. It's an alicorn. Oh, wow. You see them when you be in on your psychedelic <laughs> trips, don't you? Maybe. I know for me, uh, it's uh, public speaking. Ali and Andy can tell you that, you know, it may, I may look comfortable public speaking, but I am never comfortable uh, whenever we're giving like workshops, speeches, presentations and stuff like that. Like I re- literally have like waterfalls coming down my underarms, like because I'm so nervous. And, you know, I, I guess that's one boundary that, you know, I had to uh, get over for the simple fact that, you know, we are in the work that we are doing. Um, and people want to hear from us and we do have a lot of information to share. But luckily, you know, I've had, I have like certain breathing practices that can kind of calm my anxiety. Oh, I wish I had some breathing practices that calm down my uh, underarm sweat, but I haven't figured that out yet. You know, public speaking uh, is mine. Um, you, like I said, you would never know it, but, you know, I guess it's one of the things when we are in service and all the stuff that we have learned sharing what we have learned with people, I've had to do that, um, lift that boundary. And, you know, I usually use a lot of, uh, humor, uh, Ali and Andy think I have dry humor, but I think I'm one of the most hilarious people in the world, but I use humor to kind of get me through the nervousness as well. So I'd say there were uh, two that popped out. Um, one was around relationships. I feel like, um, I know the, that when my, when my parents split up, like how it affected me. And I knew that like, I didn't like when I had, when I had two sons and things were going great with their mom or would like be like, no, well, I'm not going to like, not going to split up. Like that's the boundary I'm not crossing. Like we're going to have to stay together, but just opening it up and us sitting and me and their mom actually sitting down and talking and having like a real adult conversation about what was best for the boys and deciding to separate becoming great friends afterwards. Like, you know I mean? It was a point where we weren't really friends. It didn't seem like uh, towards the end of our, our actual relationship together, but now like being great friends and friends and amazing co-parents. So I think that was something that a boundary that I had set for myself that didn't, what wasn't really serving me and then being able to kind of cross it actually did make things better. And, um, and mine is about um, similar to what I was saying, but about, about the public speaking, but, I know I like when I talked to my friends from high school about how terrible I was in like our speech class and or or, or they'll they'll see me speak now and they'll make it's particularly one of my friends I'm thinking of uh, our, our buddy Bader um, like he still makes he still jokes to this day about about how terrible I was at public speaking and how comfortable I am at it now and I remember um, just I don't know I, I, there was one point where I was like I didn't want to do it it sucked and. Uh, it just became a necessary evil, but then it became fun because it was a way to challenge myself and push myself. And I think that's how you really have to grow is by stepping over those boundaries and getting out of your comfort zone. Cause at some, at some point you put up enough boundaries where you're in your comfort zone and you're locked in and like, you could just stay there forever. But every once in a while you got to kind of like get out of your comfort zone, like change some of those boundaries and shift so that you can grow 
And like, and like I was saying, you see the world in a different way. You experience different things, but you got to be able to get out of that, that spot that's too comfortable for you to be able to do it. Yeah. It almost sounds like you can't, you can't like achieve things if, if you feel comfortable. It's like feeling uncomfortable is a moment to achieve greatness too. It is also a moment to fall on your face, but it, it feels neutral. It's kind of like nothing's defined yet. Sweet. Well, I mean, that was, that was super interesting to hear, you know, like how boundaries are set, how they're utilized, how they're found, how we use them, how others use them on us. So I hope this, you know, this conversation goes pretty far with others and I hope you all like it. Yeah. And maybe it'll make people kind of analyze their boundaries and, you know, assess themselves and see if maybe their boundaries are being too limiting, if they're holding them back, if they're necessary, maybe they could break down some of those boundaries. Who knows? You know what I mean? So hopefully we got the hamster running on the treadmill. And when you see those alicorns, uh, shoot your shot. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we appreciate y'all listening to another episode of Look Again Podcast. Thank you so much. Peace. Yeah, love y'all. Be safe. Peace. Thank you for listening to Look Again Podcast. Please feel free to share this content with your friends and community. Also, please consider donating to our Patreon page. You can find us at P-A-T-R eon.com and search for look again podcast anything helps and we really appreciate your visit thank you so much